Nobody's having a worse day than me today. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek. Alienate even more listeners. And boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Okay, but like, if you're an asshole in the woods and nobody's there to appreciate it, did you troll? Hey, Mickey. Grandma's moving asshole. Scott. I got that reference. And Fort Max. He remembered that hole. Let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Let's. So, um, after watching this <laughs> a while ago, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I ran off to Daystrom Institute to gather information on what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so far, the best thing I've read is that this is Section 31. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, when I was watching the episode, all I could think of was like – because they showed some imagery, and they, the way these things were happening is like this has got to be Genesis device. It has to be the Genesis device. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, initially – and then I'm like, no, it's like mushroom spores that like let you teleport across the galaxy. Because <laughs> biology and physics are the same, and mushroom spores let you do that, man. Well, okay, black badges, Section 31's uniforms oh, are black. Totally. Uh, they, this is some out. shady shit that they're doing somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes, co-opting like legitimate science stuff to weaponize... And assuming they get this shit down, this can explain how Sloane can just show up in Bashir's room undetected immediately. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Um, the whole spores thing, I don't really quite grasp it. Just because it's shit? <laughs> well, the, but this isn't that far removed from other things we have established as being true. Uh, like a next generation talking about how thought and energy and matter is, isn't really different. Uh, in this case, you and mushroom, the traveler, mushroom spores and time and space. I mean, the idea is being presented here. They all make sense within the context of Star Trek stuff we've already established. Like even the caretaker, this could be tied to how he did what he did with Voyager. Uh- well, okay, here, here's my it's issue with It's the whole spore thing that confuses me. <laughs> yeah, it's the spore. Why do they have to use, like, oh, it's bioorganics and it's mushroom spores to do... It's like, well, why didn't you do, like, some sort of special particle or something? I mean, that, that would have made... It is, it's a mushroom spore reason. particle. I will slap well, your shit. <laughs> I really like the idea they're pushing forward that biology and physics is the same thing on a small enough level. Oh, God. Every scientist, uh, like, you know, just started rubbing their temples at statements like that. It's like, uh... And explain it to me. I, seriously, I mean, it makes something that it's biology is just atoms. Okay. So it's physics. So I mean, okay. There, there there's a uh, XKCD comic which is really hilarious to the points to this, uh, which is yes, every science, every field of science can kind of regress and um, simplify down to the previous layer of reality, okay. uh, and everything kind of goes down eventually to mathematics is what everything kind of goes down to. 
yes, physics. Uh, so chemistry is just applied physics. Mm -hmm. And biology is just applied physics, right? Because okay. the way chemicals interact with one another. But you, I thought it was, no, biology is applied chemistry. Ke yeah, chemistry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, I skipped a step. But yeah, yeah, you, you get the point. Is yes. that, yeah, you, you go up levels. I know the strip yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, yeah, well, <laughs> thing is, though, Fort Max, I don't have to explain this to you because you already are smart enough to know this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to explain to these idiots. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, so the, there's there's uh, layers of abstraction that you go up into, and to to just to start making the example, well, they're the same things. Like, well, no, they're not. It's a different level of abstraction. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's still yeah. If you break everything down, everything is just quantum mechanics, and nothing means anything anyway. But that's not very helpful, is it? But I think that was the whole point, wasn't it? Well, the way they didn't explain it very well, I don't think. Um, well, they're intentionally not explaining things very well right now. I guess, but why? Why? I mean, why are they doing that? Because it's a mystery. The thing about a mystery is they don't tell you all the facts at the beginning. They make you interested in things and want to find out more. It's called yeah, storytelling. But... It's a basic layer of physics. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but to say like no, bullshit, no, um, like, story, no, storytelling is applied biology. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a sense, yes, which is just like sociology, which is applied. Psychology, right? Yeah, but anyway. no, no, Scott. That's uh, sociopathy is applied psychopathy. <laughs> the point is here is that Star Trek is supposing the fundamental truth of the universe that nothing fucking matters. Yes, and I can get behind that principle. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> well, I'm looking for that for that XKCD if if uh, Fort Max isn't doing it. Okay, well, well forget XKCD for okay. X Explain to me how, in a storytelling sci-fi bullshitty way, why is this concept worse than, say, warp drive? Well, because warp drive actually, can, you know, can exist, and that's actually something that makes sense. We actually have mushroom spores exist. Yes, yeah, but I don't think, allow teleportation, think, teleportation through the universe. Though. I think the step you're missing here is that, as we understand science today, yes, this might not make a lot of logical sense. But this is set 140 years in the future, and the understanding of science evolves constantly over time. So they may have made that breakthrough where this actually makes some kind of fundamental sense to at least someone who is read into the you know the theory underlying it. Well, more so my is... point is that Star Trek is fantasy disguised by science. Yes. Um. I don't see anything more fantastic, really, about the concept of, you know, what's going on in Discovery versus, say, how dilithium crystals allow to travel faster than the speed of light when applied correctly. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I disagree. I mean, I, I have a different take on that. No, I because mean, I think Mickey's right because it all just does come down to some magic element that makes it work. It makes it go. Yes. Yeah. We, we look for really things. Down to. I, found, I found the comic, by the way. I put it in the put it in the Skype chat. We look for things to make our story go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's fine. I mean, is is being a uh, as a fuel source for drama. Okay. Okay, fine. Scott. What about Whatever. okay? What about this though? Like, what if they establish that these mushroom spores like exist all over the galaxy or the universe, but you know, until you do something, they aren't like visibly there it, okay and, okay if you they, know it's if, a medium if, that is just everywhere and you can use that to facilitate the quantum teleportation 
what if they're not actually existing on this plane of existence? That, okay, I, mean, I, can, I think that's kind of what I'm trying to say, and just doing a bad, fluid space. bad job about that. Or, or, or even subspace. I mean, no, let's mushroom say space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to put a cap on that right now. Um, Portobello space. We're traveling through fungal space. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a portal of the Portobello. Oh shit! They can transport to the Mario Brothers movie universe. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Yes, the, so, the discovery in Star Trek Discovery is actually to discover the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, so the, so that, that big monster that was chasing was just a, a Goomba, really, is what yeah. it was. or a Koopa. Um, yeah, probably. I, so, yeah, yeah, Koopa, yeah. That monster's a tardigrade. Yeah, giant tardigrade. Uh, so, yeah, now they make a thing like, well, these spores, they exist like in a different quantum resonance or they uh they live and grow in subspace which is like a network that that encompasses the entire galaxy and is all interconnected just to me that would have done just use the word subspace or quantum level or something like that but no these are just biological mushroom spores that just exist everywhere in normal space well again i mean they they don't they haven't said one way or the other that they exist in normal space or not and i think i think we have had established that there is stuff that just exists slightly out of phase with normal space as we observe it if i recall clearly what the captain said was they exist throughout the universe everywhere right which is like implied normal space because some space is part of the universe too yeah but to make a comment like that it's like well how the fuck do you know they exist everywhere in the in the universe i I agree with you that the, the dialogue could have been tweaked a little bit to have it make more sense but at the same time they're not actually trying to explain this technology yet Right, and I think they're actively trying to make it weird and confusing. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> the audience, Which... as well as the characters, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Because, I mean, at some level, like, the audience wants to know what's going on, but then if you clue the audience into the whole thing, like, five or ten episodes before the characters know, it just becomes frustrating to watch. Oh, well, that, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I give you that. I just want to like feel like I'm part of this. I want to feel like they've included if, me in this. Okay, if Discovery was a okay, different... so in other words, you're feeling exactly the same way <laughs> the characters do about not knowing about it. You see, Scott, yes, this but, is called but, story but structure. But the, look here, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but not not just the one character, all the characters. It doesn't seem like even the captain or the main scientists understand this enough to explain it um, with any kind no, of I sense. Think, I think the main scientists understand the fundamentals behind it probably best of anyone is just they're either not allowed or it's not in their interest to go into every little detail if this was a different kind of star trek or show could be a case of they have no idea how to actually explain things well well you know the guy running the show uh with the spores um he's kind of a dick yeah that's <laughs> kind of what i'm thinking yeah he and, is. uh he's basically been drafted against his will into working for the military and he's just so, seen his um, best friend. He's not going to cooperate for shit. And he's just seen his best friend turned into a uh, Twizzler. Yeah. Um. So wow, I'm really okay with the TVMA rating because that shit was horrifying and I loved it. Yeah, that was some serious body horror right there. That was crazy. Yeah. Because this was like the we got to see that teleporter accident in Star Trek Two or whatever it was. That was uh, that was the got... motion picture. Well, the first motion one, yeah. Picture. Yeah, so yeah, it was like we got to see the aftermath of the transporter accident, but for real this time. <laughs> so I'm assuming this happened during a jump, probably, or trying to spool up into one. So, yeah. so the thing I kept thinking of, and this might be an older reference, uh, but the Philadelphia experiment—that's what this reminds me of a lot. You guys ever seen that? 
I know of it. I've you know, teleporting the, the aircraft carrier or whatever. Exactly. Right, right. And all these weird things. People fused inside bulkheads and people turned inside out and all this crazy show. And the, the, the whole uh, thing with the Glen reminds me very much of the Philadelphia experiment, which is great. That's a, that's a, it's a creepy-ass story and it's sci-fi it's, and, and it works well with Star Trek. So I, I don't mind that at all. I think that was pretty cool. I think it's <laughs> kind of funny, though. They had to go, oh, it also is a Discovery-class uh, vessel, so it will look just like our ship. We don't have to build any more sets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it's, it's the spirit like the of Star Trek. Shut they should up. just call it the Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> or the Defiant. They should just call it the Defiant, which it also happens. The Yamato class. Yes. <laughs> the Matchstick class. <laughs> if anything, though, I would... Rag. If anything, though, I would suspect it's probably the Glenn class, because that looks like that ship was in service doing more stuff longer. Well, yeah, because they're farther along with their... their research well and yeah. like they dropped a little bit in the dialogue of how the discovery looked like it was literally brand new right off the line yeah that was good that was a good line they didn't have scuff marks in the shuttle bay i thought that was kind of cool yeah so i mean i would assume discovery is probably the most recent one to roll off uh the shipyard yeah now i, I gotta say as far as production goes I am so impressed that the sounds and the effects and the, the equipment and the props and the costumes are just wonderful. Yeah. And Doug Jones' physical body. Yes. <laughs> that man is alarmingly thin. <laughs> mm -hmm. And too tall. I mean, I know he's on like some little stilty boot things, but I mean, do you look at his natural human proportions? He is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, he is a great actor, and he does a great service to the show, that's for sure. He has a lot to it. Also, the most alarming thing to me in this episode, the captain has a triple. Yeah. Oh, you mean well, a Klingon detector? Yep. Yeah. Although I also like that you can kind of – they kind of explain that away by just saying the captain is not afraid of the things that normal people are afraid of. So he doesn't care that he's got you know a, a multiplication machine sitting on his desk right next to his box of fortune cookies. He doesn't, just doesn't fade it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things about the Klingon detector is how can any of these Klingons sneak up on anybody exactly? Well, if only there's some kind of virus they could use to augment themselves. That's stupid, and you know it. That would never happen. <laughs> Klingons are too proud to do something like that. You, I mean, you'd need like a Kavu Mog or something like that to come 100 years later to fix everything. <laughs> I do really like the captain, though. He's creepy as shit. Yeah. Yes. But he's not, like, overtly villainous. Oh, I think he's. I get. Oh no, no, by. he he is not oh, overtly villainous. He is like one hundred percent morally ambiguous. Yes, and there is a huge leap from that to outright villainy. I mean, he's not twirling his mustache and tying women to train tracks. But he also doesn't care but... if like five or six members of his crew just get murdered for his project. Yeah. So yeah, there's a thing where it's like, oh great, here we go, militaristic Starfleet again, da -ga -da -ga. But he is, uh, yeah, Section he seems. 31. I know, I know, but he, <laughs> he seems to be the look. We're doing this. We're gonna take this. It. We're gonna do this, so we can have peace and everyone can go home happy and safe. That's why we're doing it, and that's a respectable thing to say. Uh, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the. I don't know, going crazy um, with them. Uh, tired of being in the pale moonlight. <laughs> Pale moonlight and of uh, uh, into darkness and just all of that stuff. I'm so tired of like, well, we have to have war to have peace and it being a Starfleet thing. It's like, just uh, let it go. That, that Starfleet villains that keep doing that same thing over and over again. It's getting a little old. I am hoping and I expect 
that this captain is a hell of a lot more nuanced and more gray than that. Than like, yay war. Well, I think oh, I think, I think he's gray as fuck. Like yeah, that, that's right, his whole right. thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hope that. I hope they keep that ambiguity there. That's going to keep me interested because as soon as it reveals that I am an evil bastard who wants war, ha ha, you know. But it's like, well, then I don't care well, anymore. I, no, but see, I'm not getting that about him at all. He's just he is the person who will do whatever is necessary to end the war, whether that means he has to go fight or he has to conduct some really shady science shit on this experimental vessel. Yeah, that will yes. probably get a lot I, I of people. I believe him when he says. All he cares about is stopping the war. Right, right. And, I, and I, I get that. And that that gives him, to me, a noble enough goal where I can root for him. Also, he's the only character so far that has recognized what Michael did was the correct thing to do. That is true. He's the only one that realized that you did a bad thing, but you did it for the right reasons, and that's the person I want on my side. Yeah, which, which is a lot about his character motivations. Yeah. He'll do the shitty things just for the greater good. Yeah, which is again, it's, it's, it's that's a trope of Starfleet admirals and and Starfleet quote, I thought bad the trope guys. Of, I thought the trope of Starfleet admirals were that they were all just pieces of shit. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. They're like, oh, I'll sacrifice you know fifty people for some greater good, even though it's not really a greater good, and that totally betrays Starfleet's morals. So I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of the same, but I hope they do something more with him. And the fact that he doesn't understand what Michael did, you know, that that's fine and all. It's like, well, that's great until she turns on you. <laughs> until she decides that you're doing the wrong thing and she backstabs you. So that's great you like a mutineer because she did the right thing. Well, that's great when it's convenient for you. Well, maybe he has some kind of Xantos gambit planned. I, I would be surprised if I'd he be, didn't. I would, I would be so okay with that. I would be so okay I with mean, that. I mean, he like, seems like exactly the type. I'm fully expecting Michael to be his scapegoat if the shit goes wrong. Yeah, he's probably got that in mind, too. Oh, yeah. Talk about someone who's easy to blame shit on. Uh-huh. There goes that Michael again. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that there's so many of the crew from the Shenzhou on here, I think it's also going to be part of, like, she's building those relationships back up. So if that time comes, like, she's not doing it intentionally for this, but if that time comes, there will be people around her who will stand to her defense so she can't just yep. be uh, a scapegoat with no one to turn to. Yeah. I, I, I love her roommate. <laughs> well, so that brings me to a point of the one thing I didn't like about this latest episode was that I felt the dialogue was pretty terrible. And the whole time I'm listening to these conversations going, nobody talks this way. These aren't how human beings talk to one another. Well, they I'm are in Star Trek. Listen to how unnatural Star Trek dialogue is. And right. she was raised by Vulcans. Yeah, but I forgive that. But not every <laughs> single other person in the on the show, you know, talking. I don't know. The dialogue just seems very strange and weird to me. Yes, uh, it's Star it's Trek. That's what they do. Ugh. Dialogue uh, seems fine to me. Really? Yeah, yeah. I felt it. I felt it very jarring and stilted and. Why, yes, thank you. I appreciate the thing that you just said to me. You know, it's like, Yes, oh, that's okay. how they talk in Star Trek, Scott. <laughs> I'm not sure where you've been for the last 50 years. <laughs> well, for 20 of those non-existing. <laughs> well, actually, for 10 of those non-existing, I keep forgetting how old I am. <laughs> Holy shit. Man, you really are getting old if you're forgetting how old you are. <laughs> Wait, who are you again? Where am I? That's Chris. What's this? Yeah, what's this thing on my face? <laughs> oh, it's a beard. 
the Discovery looks really fucking good now. The ship uh, itself. Yeah, it's an interesting design. Well, compared to what it looked like in the teaser we got last year? Yes, agreed, yeah. It actually looks like a Starfleet ship now. A weird it, one. But it doesn't look like something they shit out in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was kind of skeptical of it and everything, but the I, I do like the fact it has that kind of Art Deco, kind of like the B looks with the extended nacelles. It looks experimental. It looks cutting edge for the time period. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I like that it looks like a, a stepping stone in between the Constitution class and then the heavier, clunkier shit that we saw in the pilot. Yes, agreed. Agreed. It's a move in the right direction, which is what it's supposed to convey, so it succeeds on all levels, I think. Yeah, like the giant fucking uh, uh, cargo bay in the back, the big square door and every uh, rectangle door. Good stuff. Uh, when they were on the the Glen, David pointed out it's nice that the halls were dark. Well, yeah, the power was kind of yes, but typically in Star Trek, uh, there's always lights on in the hallways. Oh, even if they're on emergency power, or whatever, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, the you know the mushrooms probably broke all the emergency systems. Yeah. But it's nice to be on a Starfleet ship that's pitch black. That was yeah. Cool. It's unnerving, which yeah. you know is something you don't usually get with Starfleet ships. Yeah, and that scene should have been. That was the whole point of that. It was kind of that went horror movie for a little bit. And then you just randomly have a Klingon come around the corner and shush someone. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Who turns his back to the darkness where the monster is, so he can have that dramatic exit? And come on, man, come on, yeah. How was he not the first one dead acting like that? Because he was a coward. He was hiding. I guess so. Fucking cowardly Klingons. He deserved to die. He deserved to good... die in his sleep. Yeah. It is a oh. good day to I don't want to die. <laughs> it's a bad it's day a to good... die. It's a bad day to die. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good day to beg for your life like a pussy. <laughs> Did anyone else catch that uh, uh, Saru was salting his tea? Yeah, I saw that. Yes, yeah, so that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the little clicks and noises he makes too. The little subtle things like that make him alien. I love it. I think that's just Doug Jones doing that. <laughs> yeah, the little subtle <laughs> things that make him alien. <laughs> the director keeps telling him to stop and he won't. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> what? I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> All his joints compose the same way the click bug joints are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Giant stink bug. That's uh, funny. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I mean, it, it's it's it's. I'm curious how it's gonna work out. You sound I'm so excited a... to be curious. About yeah, <laughs> well, I guess I'm interested. In... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I can kind of understand cool. though, because like typically with Star Trek, you are given a lot more all at once because we don't usually spread something out over a whole season. So this is kind of. Drawing the whole thing out makes it a little bit more like, I don't want to wait, I just want to know. Now, one thing it did kind of, a, I hope they rectify, I'm kind of tired of Michael being the, the sullen, quiet, ex-con, badass, silent treatment kind of person. It's like, I, I'm done, done with that. Move, move on and get back to her being a person again instead of being this. I think well, they were working on that. I'm sure we will. I hope but so. a character has to grow and change and show us that. You can't just like snap her fingers and be back to normal. I mean, she's been in prison for a while. Um, six months. She's up, yeah, six months in prison of starting a war. Uh, 
that's her getting her captain, her mother figure killed. Yeah. Um, she's gone through some shit. She's done this to be like, okay, I'm back to my old self again as soon as they put slap a uniform on her. No, no, I mean, no, 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 and I agree we with have that. To see her yeah, no, no, I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping they change it because I'm already kind of tired of that, the sullen, that kind of character trope I'm tired of. So I'm, I'm hoping, that's what I'm saying. I'm hoping they, they move her forward and she has a good character arc where she kind of, you know, gets into command and then realizes that's what she's, you know, born for. And she's already has tell, people telling her that she's a great okay, officer. Hey, but it's been how many episodes since she got out of jail? I'm just saying, I'm hoping that's what they do. <laughs> it's a future tense thing. I don't think they will. I think they're just going to make her angrier <laughs> or more sullen, and she's going to sit in her room and pout and listen to like, heavy metal. Well, the way modern media is, yeah, she's going to be all dark and badass and grim and gritty for the and 90s. And sit on a folding chair listening to a cassette player. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you know what I did this weekend? She's watching you. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you something to look at. Look at this. <laughs> No privacy. <laughs> oh. But anyway, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep watching, see what goes on. Uh, you guys watch uh, the Orville episode, episode four? Uh, yeah, four was not great. Really? It was really? bad, mind you. Yeah. Um, it just felt really kind of generic. I mean, you were right. Episode three was really fucking good. It was interesting. It was thoughtful, and it was funny in the right ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed with episode three a lot. Uh, episode four felt very kind of here's a sci-fi plot in space. Look, yeah, I, I, I like saying earlier that it seemed kind of like a Stargate SG one episode. Oh, pe- people online that I've been seeing saying, "Oh, did they just dust off an old TOS script that was laying around?" Because it is so <laughs> TOS, of course, with better special effects. But I can really smell the atheism on it. Well, okay. I, you yeah, like that, I mean, like it seemed like they were just trying to hide their message enough so that it wasn't offensive. Uh, agreed. Uh, something that I read, I think it was on either the Orville subreddit or maybe in the Dacian Institute. I can't remember. Uh, probably Orville subreddit. Was, it would have been more interesting, and, and I agree with this assessment, that if the, the, quote, religious people were the ones who were correct, saying that there's more to the universe, and the, quote, scientific people were the ones going, nope. This is all that we see. This is all we can test. This is the limits of the universe. This is it. Oh, and, and, that, 100%. Yeah, that is and, a much better idea. And flipped that, flipped the script on that. That would have been amazing. And, and, you know, I'm an atheist and yeah, whatever. I, but I agree. That would have been a cool story. That would have been great. And showed that the religious people who were the ones being open minded and going, no, there's more to life than just what you see and well, to what explore we were it. It's just so much more basic and direct and it just felt not look, very creative. Yeah. So I, to my, my opinion about episode four was that it wasn't the plot that was amazing. It was the way it was done and the characters inside of the plot. I, I was watching it for the character interactions and how what they did as opposed to the overall plot. Because we all fucking know how the plot's going to go. We're all sci-fi people. We see this before. But the characters made it enjoyable and worthwhile to watch, in my opinion. See, you know, like I mentioned on Twitter a little while ago, is that the dialogue in Orville gives me problems. Does it? Oh, because it's too modern? No, it's, because – do contemporary? It, it frequently feels very sitcom-y, where the characters aren't talking like a, a person would talk. They're talking to deliver a punchline. You know, I've I seen the complaint about uh, the captain, you know, Mercer doing that stuff. And I think that's yes. just one of his character – I think that's just one of his character traits is he has a terrible sense of humor, and he's very inappropriate. That's why he's a middling captain. <laughs> well, I mean – He ain't Picard. I mean trait, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to not have that character trait when you're Seth MacFarlane. I guess so. Yeah. But, um, well, what – but, uh, but about episode four, and I, I kind of agree with you there, but I think what's good about what he does is that episode had 
almost nothing to do with the captain. He did a few things, and he, when he when he captains, he captains well. But there was so much focus on what the other characters doing cool shit. It wasn't it wasn't Wolverine and the X Men. You know, it wasn't the yeah, captain right. and then the rest of the crew like it is sometimes. It was the crew were the all the main characters. It was great. Well, I think what who does the dialogue stick worse than the captain though is the two navigators. Yeah, they're they're kind of bothersome. I think that'll calm down as the series progresses. I agree with you, by the way. Let me just put that out there for Yeah, it's a little cringy. It's a little too on the nose. I think they're once, only there to be funny. Yeah, I think once they kind of calm down a little bit and they get it like these are these are average Joes. And this is what average Joes just will talk and joke about and what they care about. Like, honestly, I think they could do what they're doing with them at this point if they had done two or three episodes of them being like a little bit tense with each other. But, like, yeah. they fall into lockstep immediately, and it's – you need to That's kind of work point. into that. Like, they needed to have an episode yeah. to themselves where they kind of are off by themselves doing something, and that's when they kind of develop that relationship, and then it just proceeds forward from there. Yeah, that's but, a great that's how idea. we get, like, instant Rosencrantz and Guildenstein. Yeah. Guildenstein, whatever. No, no, I hear you. No, I think – yeah, that's an excellent point. That would have been good to see them grow together. Maybe they didn't like each other to begin with. Right. But or they, they, they were just uncomfortable around each other because, you know – yeah. Similar personalities, and it's kind of hard to find that point to click, but then once they do, it just kind of rolls forward from there, and then it feels more natural. And they've earned that relationship. Yeah, exactly. Because the guy just kind of walked in and said, hey, are you a slacker? Yeah, I'm a slacker too. Okay, now we're best friends. And then that was the end of the scene, like in the pilot or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if there would have been like a story arc there where they like didn't like each other or didn't trust each other or didn't have that rapport, but they earned it, yeah, that would make it so much more worthwhile. Now when they joke, you feel like they earned it. You're like you're happy that they're getting along. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Especially with Captain's friend having the background of, you know, he got kicked out. He did, you know, he fucked something up. He got kicked out. Like, there's basis for people to not immediately trust him. Right. But then Janeway comes and gives him a job. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're totally right. That's exactly the same kind of trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a good pilot. But he's kind of a fuck up and he's in jail. So I'll get him out and give him a job. Only the best will do. <laughs> sure. Um, I do really like the doctor, though. Uh, oh, yeah, she's, she's not great. being saddled with uh, making sex jokes with a CGI blob. <laughs> or McDonald. Very tired. That's so funny to me. <laughs> uh, I, I like her in every other scene she's in. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see her. She's, you know, reasonable and kind of, I don't want to say straight man, but I mean, she's, you know, Smart and wise and good head, you know, even keeled head on her shoulders. Common sense. She's the grounded one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that the captain will kind of rely on her for like more wisdom, kind of like how Bones was for, for Kirk. Well, that could be possible if they ever have like a scene together. Yeah. Eh, it's been a few episodes. We'll we'll see. Yeah. I don't quite get uh, Isaac. Yeah. That just seems more like, okay, we need to fill this Star Trek character trope, so put a robot there. Like, he he's supposed to act superior? He really doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I'll make a comment, but it's like... But it's a nice way of saying, well, I'm better, I can do this. Right, I mean, right. It, it Which... feels like he should be a lot more abrasive. Right, again, that's that's certainly a point that you could get the character to with time, but it's not something where you should start out from that point. Yeah. So the, thing... the whole show just seems a little bit too nice and friendly and soft. 
okay, so, like, watching this show, I feel like there is a lot of love for what it's taking from Star Trek and readapting. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think it's being done with a sense of, well, you know, the first seasons are usually not good, so let's just start and pretend like we're from the second season onward or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, let's yeah, pretend yeah. that all this character <laughs> development's already taken place and everything. Like, you know, let's just start as if we're rolling through halfway into the show already. But, you know, while that might do one thing for you, it's kind of doing two other things bad. Well, but otherwise we'd be complaining how, oh, the show sucks so much, and how is it ever going to make it to a second season? Well, it's uh, not because it's on Fox. <laughs> it's still breaking my heart, man. <laughs> I think it's going to – even with, despite my criticisms, I still like Orville. I, yeah. I, I'm interested in watching more. But, I mean, I don't think it's flawless. No, it's not no, flawless, no, no. but it's kind of, like, relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very easy to watch. It's relaxing. It doesn't take a lot of, um, you know, brain power, I guess I'll say. And it's largely inoffensive. Yeah. Uh, Which is absolutely not what I was expecting, given who's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thing is, though, he also, I mean, as much of a dork as he can be, he's also a huge Trekkie. Well, like I said, that really shows, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but just finally we found something that he does respect and he does care about, so he's going to treat it with a little bit more respect. Oh, there's I think. Some, we've already seen something he respects and cares about, and we made it all the way to episode four before we got an old musical reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Love Why can't he be gay in the right reasons? <laughs> <laughs> he's a handsome guy. Oh, was he married? He might be gay. Who knows? Ah. Yeah, I think it's when they made. Uh, speaking of Isaac, they made a point that like, oh, we're we're constructed at the central factory on my home world. I'm like, ah, that's funny. Also, his eyes are too high on that helmet. It's off-putting. Well, he's well, he's, he's, he's an alien robot. Yeah. Well, are they supposed to be that high because he's aliens, or just because that's where like the mechanics of the helmet forced them to be? Ah, well, see, Probably that's the beauty both. of it. It can be both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> Yeah, for sure both. But anyway, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it too. like, I'm, no, I'm... going back to what we were saying about him before, if they were doing the character development of him the right way, they could explain it as, my eyes are this high so I can look down upon you. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent line. Uh... I kind of like his helmet be more interesting if it didn't have the lights on it and, like, just had, like, if it a was weird blank. sculpted face. That no, if it was blank. He's like Cobra Commander, then. I think more like, you know, the Power Rangers' mouths. Oh, right. <laughs> Except, uh, like, with a, like a nose and uh, empty eyes as well. Okay. Sort of sculpted details that aren't really there. Mannequin head. Yeah, mannequin head. Perfect, yes. Yeah. What if you just stuck with the sculpted mouth and no other facial details? There'd be sex jokes made about it. There would, yeah. <laughs> we don't want sex jokes in a Seth MacFarlane show. <laughs> right. <laughs> It wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did like, too, especially this last episode, is, again, when the when the captain captains, he's good at it, when he actually gives orders and he's actually doing it. But it's like he has this character flaw where he has to, like, tell these shitty jokes. And I hope they, they continue that. Like, that's why he'll never be captain of the flagship, because he has this terrible sense of humor. But he's actually a decent captain. You know, he's not an idiot. He, you know, he can command people and do people do what he says. I like that. He's not dumb. He just has a really bad sense of humor. Should the show survive for a while, I would not be surprised to see um, Captain and Number One switch places. Uh, what does that mean? 
that the ex-wife would become captain and he'd become her number one. Really? I can see that happening. That's interesting. What would lead you to that? It would create drama and jokes. That's true. Like Plus, just, um, just do a season of that, that, yeah. She's a little bit more professional than he is. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. The reason the re- one of the reasons the relationship didn't work out is because he worked too much. You know, so he is dedicated to being, you know, in the union and, uh, uh, you know, being a captain and doing all this kind of stuff. So it's also uh, because she fucked a blue guy. Yeah, but she fucked a blue guy because he was working all the time. I, you know, I'm just saying. And probably, and probably, uh, would like being able to have sex without all the constant dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? Have you know that works into a musical me. number mid thrust. <laughs> oh, Oklahoma with the skies. Are... Yeah. Rogers and Hammerpuss. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So I did watch a uh, original series episode this weekend. Lord, I tried. Well, I figured there'd be enough eye candy to at least keep you interested as that goes. <laughs> You'd think. Because as far as oily 60s guys go, Apollo's not bad. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. about 30 minutes in, I started paying more attention to my phone than the episode, and I kind of remember what the fuck happened in it. Okay, well, here here's a hint of what happened. Uh, Kirk won. Oh, well, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just just to tie up that loose end for you, so you can sleep tonight. Uh, everyone lived, and Kirk. I always have to tie my loose end to sleep. And Kirk killed a god. Yes. No, no. Kirk drove a god to suicide. There's a difference. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's absolutely more accurate. <laughs> you can, but yeah, basically, said, "Fuck you guys. You guys are dicks." And then he just, you know, rather commit suicide than deal with Kirk anymore. So. That's um. That's two that Kirk's taken out in his career. He made the first one commit suicide, and he just murdered the second one with a phaser. <laughs> uh, brilliant. After criticizing him for wanting a sweet ride. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's why he had that reaction in Star Trek V, because Apollo never once asked to be taken away on the starship. Well, yeah, Apollo... Yeah, Paul wanted everyone to come to him. Like, yeah, exactly. Back. That makes sense. Uh, I do like uh, this uh, fantastic sexy, uh, 60s sexism. <laughs> Holy crap, yeah. this episode is so sexist. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was just honestly cringing at some of the lines, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, and speaking of the atheism bent... Uh, they make a reference that's well, – we'll get to it, but you know, they make a reference that, oh, Scotty doesn't believe in God or gods. You know, He kind of makes this offhand comment about it. And then later on, Kurt kind of goes, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that scene. It's very interesting. I think it's interesting. We have There's no like need a... for gods. The one is plenty. Yeah, that one. I thought that was an interesting line. Did they like sneak that in there for 60s audiences? Because I don't think Gene would really would have said that, but I, I don't know. I don't know who pushed for that line. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> All right, Scott, you're in, you're driving. What? I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, that that's it... like the 20-minute mark. <laughs> that became that much more interesting. Uh, okay. Do you oh, want I mean, Mickey get... to fall asleep in the middle of the show? Well, he's I'll going do it. anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Fort Max is going to fall asleep in the middle of the show. 
Fort Max she, is already falling asleep. I was going to yeah. say, she's halfway there already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fort Max is always halfway there, Because you know we, I mean. we have spent 45 Living minutes talking about stuff that she's not even watching. <laughs> Very tiny Take my hit. hand, we'll make it, I fucking swear. I fucking swear, I will turn this dream around and stop if you don't... Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So we're doing season two, episode two. Who mourns for Adonis? I do. Who the heck is Adonis anyway? Uh, he's a friend of sneakers. He's somebody. I can tell you that. Who oh, mourns for some... Adidas? <laughs> Reebok. <laughs> Puma. <laughs> All right, so we open up on the bridge during uh, just a normal day on the Enterprise. Hey, Captain, we have to go investigate the star system. No one's charted yet. Yay, let's go chart another star system. Yeah, that's our fucking job. Let's go do it. And for some reason, McCoy's up here, and so is Scotty, because they want to hear about the new system they have to go check out. Uh, There's also, is she an ensign, or what is she? Lieutenant? Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, Lieutenant. So we have Lieutenant uh, Blonde Hair up here. Yeah, um, and you know she's all woman. Yeah, okay, come on, man. I can't. Even, I can't think. I don't have shields to repel this magnitude of sexism in this episode. I know, right? Oh my god! So she's up there. Here you go, Captain. Let's go check out this new planet. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever. So he's writing his notes, and Scotty comes in and goes, "Oh, hi, lassie. How you doing? <laughs> Would you care to look at me, Shalili?" <laughs> So once you get off of work, would you like to go down to the to the paddock? Uh, no, I call uh, Scotty Stram. You want to go get a cup of coffee? And she's like, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> and we smash cut to them boning like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Seriously. Now, the shit-eating grin on Scotty's face when he's walking off the bridge with her is like, that's right, I'm an engineer who's about to get laid. <laughs> Said bask no one the, ever. Bask in the glow, you bastards. <laughs> So, yeah, I like him. McCoy's like, I don't like this. this is, it's unnatural. Well, why? Because <laughs> it's an engineer who's about to get laid. There's something just wrong with it. We need to stop it. <laughs> Eric's like, he's an all right guy. He's like, Jim, he's an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to dump her for the Enterprise. Just <laughs> like his last girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, have you seen her? Her nacelles aren't nearly as big. <laughs> oh, shit. That's too funny. Yeah, and then uh, Kirk just goes on about, well, I'm not really losing an officer. I'm getting, no, I'm just losing an officer because she's going to go quit as soon as she gets married. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay, wait, what? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is she, a candy striper? What the fuck is this shit? You know, he's like, because, you know, there's that old marriage like, oh, I'm not losing a daughter. I'm gaining a son-in-law. It's like, well, no, he's just losing an officer. Do they force women to quit if they're married? What the hell? Well, no, obviously a woman cannot have a career once she's married. You know, you just have a job until you find a marriage who is a career. provide for you. And then, you know, oh my God. you have to give up your life and devote yourself to your husband. Yeah. So one thing about this episode. Yeah, that's marriage. So one thing about this episode that I was in there watching it with Start with popping Jesse. out babies. Yeah. Pumping out a litter. Is that at some point in this episode when they're on the ship, she's like, you know what? I am just done with how short these skirts are. Because <laughs> she was like a communications lady. It's like, well, she sits down, she's exposing, like, if she turns around, she's going to flash everybody on that bridge. I'm like, yeah, baby, it was late 60s. That's kind of the way things were. <laughs> Miniskirts were in. 
So, you know, looking at the uniforms on Discovery, which I love, by the way. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, they look expensive. I love them. I just yeah, I just have so much trouble imagining the evolution of Starfleet to where they go from that to TOS women's uniforms. My theory on that is uh, we're leaving a period of war. Let's do something less militaristic and more friendly. I, I like, think that makes like remove the pants. Which, yeah. which is exactly what the 60s was. I mean, yeah, it was a time of peace and prosperity as far as America was concerned. Uh, yeah. War II to the, the 60s, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that actually parallels very well, personally. Yeah, we could wear our, our awesome, badass-looking uniforms. Or we could go with something a little sluttier and flirtier. Hey, we're here to be friends. You want to come over? Yeah. You want to join us? We'll have a big planetary orgy. I mean, so like, in some respect, I would like there to be a retcon that basically just makes the TOS women's uniforms like the uh, the TNG scant uniform. It's an optional thing you can choose to wear, but there's also a pants version if you prefer. Right. It just so happens that we never saw anyone on the Enterprise who chose to wear pants. Well, obviously, well, would you? obviously, no pants is more comfortable than pants. I'm just saying, you know, I would like there to officially have been the option if a female crew member wanted to wear a uniform with pants, they have that available to them. Now, in a later scene, we do see Uhura in a uh, engineering maintenance smock. Yeah. We only see her from, like, the shoulders up. But still, I thought that was interesting. She actually put on a maintenance smock while she was working on the console. But... Well, you know, you're working on those electronics. You need the uh, the asbestos to protect you. <laughs> of course, you know, I don't though I though I do like it implies that she used to be more make communications maintenance because she hadn't done that in quite a while. Right, right. Well, yeah, it makes sense that she would know the technology and how it works. You know, not just with the buttons. Yeah, she used to have a lot of experience working on engines back when her dad stole cars. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking Michaela Baines. Never mind. Huh. <laughs> Okay. And, like, you know, pre-animated series, this is an important Aww. aspect of um, Uhura's character development. Because, like, yeah, she has, like, this technical proficiency. She can actually work on the stuff that makes the other stuff work. She's not just the secretary. Well, yeah. I mean, I imagine she would know the technology pretty inside and out. She knows suspects. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of those rare of times you actually see her in that capacity. Yeah, and it's good to Until see. the animated series where she's just a badass and starts taking over the ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anytime there's a problem, she has to fix it, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're we're uh, we're approaching this uh, class M planet. And I love the little the, the exposition detail the planet they give. You know, Spot goes to the rounding ass like it's this old, it's this kind of stuff. It's a class M, oxygen, nitrogen, atmosphere. It's, all it's actually really planet. boring. Well, it's I, well. No, not, that uh, no, that's his dialogue. It's actually really boring. Yes, it is. Uh, but I think it's interesting that they make a point that's like, yeah, there's no, there should be, you know, intelligent life on it. But strangely, even though it's the conditions are perfect, there is no sentient life on it, which I think is cool. Uh, yeah, that was one of the so, things uh, the lieutenant was bringing up. Like, there is a an absence of intelligent life in this part of space, and it's kind of throwing off their statistics. Yeah, that's a neat. That's a neat point. I think it's a neat point, but they never really revisit why to, that's the case. We need to find something so we don't have to rework everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we need something to uh, affirm our confirmation bias. <laughs> uh, all right. So they start approaching the planet, and they're like, "What the fuck is that?" And there's this giant <laughs> green hand that starts floating towards them. 
Keepton. Keepton. I don't know what that is. I'll check off that wig. <laughs> also, something else Vessi pointed out, she was about to reach to the screen and rip that wig off his head. <laughs> what? Is this the first episode with Chekhov or something? Um, Well, being that it's very early season two, it would be one of the first, if not the first. Yeah, so apparently he didn't have time for his hair to grow out to the proper... I mean, was he in the mock time? I don't remember. Um, yeah. But the point is, they wanted him to have, you know, specific hairstyle. Uh, Monkey's hair. Yeah, and yeah. Walter Koenig didn't have that, so wig for several months. Right. I believe so tried... I believe by season three it was his own natural hair, though. Yeah. So they tried to avoid the giant glowing green hand. And it's something I this like. This hand of mine glows with an awesome power. Yes. <laughs> so, something that I appreciate about this entire episode is how scientific and unimpressed the Starfleet crew is about everything that happens on that. They know there's a rational explanation. They just have to find it. And they, it's kind of like they, they, everything is old hat at this point. We know that you have some sort of power source somewhere who's doing your powers. We know you're not a god, you know, so we just that have to find, <laughs> we just have to shut you down as soon as we find the thing. And, they, and the thing is, that's exactly what they do. They find technological solutions to these problems and they just shut everything down because they know this is In other hard. words, they shoot the, they shoot the problem until the problem goes away. Yes. Oh, Scotty, Scotty makes that very clear at a certain point, which I laughed out loud because of <laughs> hearing you guys. So, yeah, so Spock is like, well, it's there. It's not an, actually a hand. It's just a force field, uh, you know, a, a physical force field that looks like a hand. Oh, OK. Well, we understand that. <laughs> or it's like it's, it's almost as if it means to grab us. And all I could think was honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Uhura. Squeeze uh, them the cells. Yeah, it's not, not my fault you're an attractive lady. Um. <laughs> Wait until you see her alluring fan dance. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, everyone lurches for as the hand physically grabs the ship, which is just hilarious to me. And the look on their face like, motherfucker. And then we get this beautiful outside shot <laughs> of the hand holding the ship like it's a fidget spinner. <laughs> <laughs> Starts doing tricks and shit with like skateboard, those little finger skateboards. Of course, the other thing I think of, like several scenes where the hand is just like holding it, the little finger goes up and starts like caressing the bridge like it's a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I'm kind of a weirdo, so let's just move on. Um, yes. Kind of. Hey, look here, you. <laughs> Not all of us can be normal like you are. All right, so they're around Pollux Four. Uh, well, they've been grabbed by Pollux, a huh? Yeah, Pollux, Polex, Rolex. I don't know. Polyps. Pollux. Gross. Oh, I had those removed. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Still can't sit down properly. Okay, so they've been stopped in space, and this thing is just holding them. There's no communication, nothing going on. But again, Kirk and them, they're not like, oh my god, we've encountered something so strange. We're like, okay, let's figure out what the hell's going on. Send a message to Starfleet. This is a situation we're in. Okay, now let's figure out how to, like, work ourselves free. And everything's just kind of by the book in this episode. <laughs> Maybe if we wiggle the ship a little bit, we can slip out. Yeah, all right, you know, helmsman, go ahead and try to, like, you know, backwards and reverse and forward and see if we can get out of this. No, it's holding us too tight. Okay, no problem. And this kind of goes on for a while. Um, yeah, it's still 60s pacing, guys. So, uh, yeah, well. Yeah. 
when you have 50 minutes out of an hour to fill up, you can do these things. Yeah. So Kurt goes back over to Spock and he goes, okay, so what's going on? And Spock kind of does more explanation. It, it's basically like a force field. It's, it's actually surrounding most of the ship, even though it looks like it's just holding the saucer. And yes, it definitely does look like a hand, but it is certainly not living tissue. It just looks that way. It's energy. And Which like, would explain like, the translucence. Yeah, and Kurt's like, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, nothing is crazy. All right, well, put on the, the track. Plus, thing. it made it easy on the uh, effects people. All right, look here, you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, no, I like that, that they, the next step is, okay, turn the tractor beam on reverse. Let's see if we can push off. Right, right. Because that's right, actually right. kind of reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just kind of go through the steps. That... She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> the only other so thing they, they could to... really do is, like, okay, turn the navigational deflector up to 5,000. <laughs> Full forward focus. Just blow the thing out of the way. Yes, full Ford Focus. They're never escaping a Ford Focus. No, that's what the escape pods are made of. (laughs) All right. Previous. (laughs) Little swarm of Fords leaving the ship. (laughs) So they're all kind of like, okay, well, let's just keep going through the checklist of things to escape from a force field. None of it's working. And uh, suddenly there's there's a call. Uh, which uh, her is like, okay, there now there's an active channel. Someone's hailing us. All right, turn it on. Put it on audio, and the giant floating head of Adonis or Apollo appears and starts just going on in this fucking horrible poetry. Yeah, I liked it better when Lincoln did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as it has written, it has become welcome by children. Blah de blah de blah. And Kirk is just sitting there just like, oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> this again? Well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> okay, he goes, okay, go ahead and open a response, you know, so I can talk to this person. And so he starts to talk, and then, then <laughs> Apollo just keeps talking. Millions of years ago, Thanksgiving was celebrated by the pilgrims. And, Wait, what are you even talking about? <laughs> you have made me proud. Now you can rest. And Kirk's just like, okay, look, I'm Captain Kirk. You have a hold of a starship. Let us go. Can you go. please let go? Yeah, we're, we got shit to do, man. You are smudging the paint. <clears throat> uh, oh, music of the pipes. Well, gosh, why didn't you say so? He's got lovely pipes. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Well, Apollo... they're not playing along fast enough, so he decides to, you know, encourage them by squeezing the hull. Yeah, Apollo just keeps going back and forth and just basically ignoring Kirk. And it's like, okay, well, I don't really know who or what you are, but uh, we'll zap you if you don't let us go. <laughs> oh, motherfucker, how dare you? Nipple, nipple, squeeze, squeeze. Well, and I like that the effect they're showing inside is that, like, the air pressure is increasing because mm-hmm. he's squeezing down on the hull. Yeah. <laughs> just love how dismissive Kirk is. He's like, he's literally like, just how, like, how much is he crushing the ship doing that? Yes. Uh, well, it's all the it's all the air outside in space that's being pushed into the ship. <laughs> I'd like to imagine, like, like the the Enterprise, like just farting out the, the shuttle bay doors. Type <laughs> 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 eight pops out and it's all embarrassed. Oh crap! I'm so sorry. It makes like squeaky duck noises. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want an Enterprise bath toy. <laughs> Or an Enterprise dog toy, either one would work. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
Uh, all right. So, yeah, they do the thing where, like, their air pressure hurts and everything. See, like, if, it, oh. if it was a bath toy, it would have to be a Voyager bath toy. Fluidic space. Oh, for God's sake, you people. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, so Apollo's like, hey, come down to the planet and hang out with me. I'm kind of lonely bored. I got a few brewskis. I got some Rush playing on the stereo. Come on down and hang out with me. Uh, not you, you pointy-eared prick. <laughs> you remind me of that pan asshole. Yeah, he's always bored me, so you can't come. You seem Aren't like you... a real buzzkill there, dark hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no sad faces. It's time to rejoice. Time to get freaky. God, this guy's like a divorced dad. He was like, I bought juice boxes. Don't you come hang out with me? Oh, dad. I like that the like the other end of the Spock thing is like, well, I never had contact with your people. You don't know to revere me. <laughs> right. Like, Except that's, that's that he's half human. <laughs> he doesn't. Apollo doesn't know that. It's not like he's a god or something. Right. <laughs> Even Spock makes fun of him for talking too much. Verbose, isn't he? <laughs> that's, that, that's that's something coming from Spock too. <clears throat> all right. So Kirk's just like, all right, fine. Let's go down to the planet and see what this asshole wants. <sighs> this fucking job sometimes. <laughs> be charting nebulas right now but i gotta go deal with another fucking god character which is good though it's like look so like i'm glad you're standing up here because you're a scientist you can figure this stuff out so just figure this out while we're down there dealing with this jerk we'll go buy you some time everything is so perfunctory i just love it all right so and as you uh new person you're with us too right we need a casualty all right so apparently... we need a romantic interest for this episode <laughs> yeah a casualty <laughs> And just this episode, after this, you'll cease to exist. So good luck with that. So apparently she's like a uh, ancient civilizations and anthropology scientist. So, okay, I'll give her that. That's kind of cool. Uh, but, but don't forget, guys, she is still just a woman. That's which is the important, which is just with the important. It doesn't matter how educated, if she's a PhD, if she's an officer on a starship exploring space. Her loyalty is endowed alongside a supposedly hot dude. Yep. Uh, what do you mean by supposedly? Yes, Mickey. Assess- uh, Mickey, that, assessment on whether he's a hot dude. Warning. I mean, that dude was very shirtless. Yeah, yeah. I I defer to the expert on whether a dude is hot or not. I am not the person to ask. <laughs> oh, pish posh! Everyone can tell if someone else is hot or not. I can recognize when a chick is hot. I don't yeah, want I can go back and tell if she's hot. Yeah, I can tell when a dude's hot. Doesn't mean I want to. Yeah, same thing. I I can tell. I got no problem with that. I'm just kind of right. off-put by his weird sideways nipples. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks was like the 60s. That's how they grew nipples back then. It looks like he has a unipick, like Batman animated series. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Oh, shit, shit, shit. Off topic here, but we're doing this. Um, <laughs> I'm today, and I saw a Batman animated series card game called Almost Got Him. Really? Okay. Yes. Everyone plays a different villain yeah. playing the card game, and the goal is to figure out which one of you is Batman in disguise. Did you That's buy this? Bad. I did not. It was twenty dollars. Damn oh, shit! Twenty dollars. Oh my god! Who could possibly afford that? Not me when I've got to buy a fucking car. <laughs> Cars cost more than twenty dollars. <laughs> not what I could afford. He's <laughs> <laughs> buying a twenty-dollar car. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So, in other words, you can afford a Transformers alternator. <laughs> I can buy a lawnmower and put a windshield on it and see if the cops don't notice. <laughs> no, you get a uh, hover around. You're in Tennessee. They I'm the freest in the world. 
Although I don't think a hover round would actually go up your driveway. <laughs> I think you try and you just tip backwards and fall down. <laughs> Although apparently when you drive a hover round, you have to be like Birdman and announce your name everywhere you go. Hover round! Birdman. Alright. Whatever. So Apollo and is just host a talk show? Uh, no, that was Space Ghost. Uh, Birdman was the lawyer. Thank you very much. No, he... Yeah, he he was once. <laughs> oh, once. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was once on a podcast. Doesn't make me a professional P-caster. But yes, at some point, Mickey, you need to buy that game, and then we will play it the next time I come visit. Because that sounds excellent. Yes, well, that will be done. <laughs> Good. Better be. Into buying it for you. Uh, That's a good idea. Just have Kilby buy it. Say you'll play with them at the next convention. Yeah, the next convention I go to, which will be probably never. (laughs) Oh, jeez. This shit got dark real quick. (laughs) Lifestyle catching up with you, huh? Well, when I don't have somebody paying 90% of my expenses, it gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, That's true. Tell me about it. (laughs) All right, anyway. So Apollo is just sitting on this the dinkiest little Parthenon, like, three-column. <laughs> it's, like, not even an entire front porch of, a, of, a, of an antebellum house in the south. It is the saddest little thing that he's sitting on. It looks like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an outhouse with columns. Ooh, so he's like sitting this on this thing. He's sitting there like king shit of Turd Mountain, going, <laughs> look how awesome I am. <laughs> look how awesome I am with this painted styrofoam uh, yeah but on a 60 TV you can't tell behold my nipple my singular nipple like a cyclops <laughs> staring at you oh. <laughs> over his nipple then god he goes on this for like 10 minutes okay so what I like about this scene though is like he's in there expositing and talking and everything blah 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 look at this or everyone is just like they have their tricorders out they're not even listening to him they're just scanning him like dude whatever <laughs> <laughs> I am Apollo! And everyone's like, sure you are, buddy. I'm the Tsar of Russia. Check up, <laughs> shut it! <laughs> Zip it! Oh, that shit's so funny. Uh, yeah, Kirk almost backhands Chekhov with his little comments. <laughs> Why, are you? Well, you know, check out the little shit. Yeah, he is, and it's adorable. Alright, so, okay, yeah, look, we're humans. You say you're Apollo, that's cute. And he just goes on and on trying to like talk about how how Apollo he is, and he looks at of course the female crewman, and okay I think one of Apollo's... I will say he is he is not very Raven at all. That's that's so Raven. No, it's not very Raven. Did you not hear what she just said? Okay, well I'm just checking, just confirming. Um, so I I do like one of Apollo's superpowers is whenever he looks at a woman, uh, it smears Vaseline on the lens of the camera. That's a superpower you see a lot in the original series. Yeah. They, what the hell? That The soft filter they use just for her is so jarring and obvious. That happened in a lot of original series episodes that have, you know, a female cast member. They, they, just, they just put the Barbara Walters filter on it. Right. Did they not have faith that their actresses were actually pretty, so they had to, like, fuzzer out so you didn't, like, well, it's, see? Okay, so it's like the visual equivalent of a laugh track. 
if they don't do that, you don't know you're supposed to find her pretty. Just like if there's no laugh track, you don't know you're supposed to think that what they just said is funny. I can imagine someone growing up in the 60s if they start developing myopia and they need glasses. They just think every girl's hot. Yeah. Because that's what they've been trained to think. If somebody's like out of focus slightly, they must be attractive. Yeah, if they're a little bit fuzzy around the edges and glowing a little bit, you know. <laughs> that's that's the ideal woman. Yeah, so Paula goes in this big spear. like, oh, I came to Earth, your planet, 5,000 years ago and was worshipped as a god, and I'm the real Apollo. Herp-a-derp-a-dippity-doo. Kirk's like, okay, I've had so much of this already. I am so done. Uh, Kirk and Enterprise, beat me the fuck out of here. Nope, I've turned off your little devices. Uh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I like how annoyed Kirk is. He's not scared or upset. He's just like, god damn it, just tell me what you want so we can get on with this. <laughs> Oh, I want you to worship me just like your fathers did. Like, my father George never worshipped you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, also, the, the use of, but you're no god to us, mister. Yeah, yes, like, yes. well, we we've had already of us even of Greek descent. <laughs> well, I was just like, we outgrew you a long time ago. Oh, you want to talk about outgrowing someone? <laughs> the attack of the 20-foot-tall man. How impressive. Although, unlike the 20-foot-tall Vulcan, this was probably actually in the script. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I love I love how Kurt calls people Mr. when he's annoyed with them. Look here, Mr. Yeah, it's very 60s. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, it's supposed to sound tough. Yeah, it's very 60s authoritarian. Uh, look here, Mr. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so Apollo gets to be like 15 feet tall. Ooh. Uh, another outside ship shot of the uh, hand fingering the, the dome. All right, so back on the ship, the people who actually get all the work done are trying to figure out what's going on. And every scene of the Enterprise is just them slowly figuring out how to screw up Apollo's technology, which they do. They just go, well, this is a technological problem. Let's just solve it. Try this. Okay, that didn't work. Go to the next thing. Okay, and they just start doing they it. They just go down the troubleshooting checklist. Yes! It's awesome! <clears throat> I mean, I do appreciate that aspect of the episode. Like, they're not treating this as any, like... I mean, they wouldn't treat it as a supernatural thing, but they're also not treating it as, like, any real extraordinary occurrence. Right. Just, you know, okay, something <clears throat> unexpected happened today. Let's go through our procedure list, and we can probably figure out a way to defeat it. And I also like that they actually brought in other people uh, to man the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you could totally hear someone saying, like, okay, people, this is what we went to the Academy for. Let's solve this problem. Right. And it would just be yeah. totally credible. <laughs> like, at some point, I mean, after this point in the timeline, you could just imagine there's a class somewhere in the Academy you can take, okay, dealing with someone who claims to be a deity. Right, right. Dealing with omnipotent assholes. <laughs> well, that would be more like, you know, post-TNG Academy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How to deal with Q's 101. Well, yeah. uh, like, remember the first time, well, the only time Q showed up in Deep Space Nine, but, you know, first time he showed up outside the next generation, it's like, oh yeah, Starfleet's had briefings on Q and everything, like, it, you know, <laughs> yes. everybody kind of gets the speech at some point. Right, right. It's like it's like the talk when you get the captaincy. It's like, okay, there's two things you need to know when you get a captain. First of all, there's this thing called the Omega Particle. Second thing is there's these assholes called Q, and they'll just come fuck with you. Just ignore them. They mostly hang around Picard, so as long as you're not near the Enterprise, you're probably okay. 
<laughs> right. Just be boring and he won't bother you. Yeah. But don't uh, be so entertainingly th- boring, otherwise he might come and take an interest. Don't you be imagine so what... boring that he just has to come <laughs> fuck with you. <laughs> right. Uh, so down on the, on the planet, you know, uh, Apollo has embigonated himself, and then somebody goes, ooh. He's engorged himself. Him. Yeah, he's engorged himself, and now that he's sp- you know he's spent. Now he fades away into into nap period. Um, so he disappears to take a nap. So to which Kurt goes, "Oh wait, we have an expert on ancient civilizations. Let's ask her what all this is about." So she goes to the spiel of what Apollo is and him as a mythological creature. Herpa derpa derpa. Uh, so Kirk just immediately starts like, "Well, do you think all this bullshit is for him or for us? You know, is he doing this to impress us or is this actually what he what he likes?" <laughs> uh, McCoy's like, "Well." He looks human, but that doesn't mean anything. I love that. I love that. Yeah, like, I like yeah, that too. Could be false. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chekhov is quick to point out. It's like, no, this is pretty much technological. There's an energy source nearby. And uh, this guy's like, oh, yeah, there, I'm sure there's something nearby. He's got to have energy to do it. There's going to be a power source. Okay, well, go find it with your tricorders. Okay, and they just go do it. Chekhov, <laughs> Chekhov has his couple, like, Russian superiority lines, but he's actually surprisingly useful through the episode. Yeah, yeah. So... Kurt and goes, actually, really, only one of those Russian superiority lines wasn't even Russian superiority lines, but just figure of speech. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurt just kind of goes, well, you know what? Well, maybe, maybe if you really think about it, maybe it really is Apollo in the sense that, you know, some being like this came to Earth 5,000 years ago and, you know, did the thing. As in the middle of his sentence, though, Apollo just appears back on his giant toilet on his bidet. <laughs> he goes, sup, mother- sup, pledges. Want to do some brewskis? You know, we reference bidets a lot on this show. <laughs> we do. Uh, we do it bidet in and bidet out. No. Nope. <laughs> I'd hang up on him, but he's doing the summary. <laughs> God, that felt good. Ah, um, screw it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was enjoying that too much. <laughs> So, see any good movies lately? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. See any bad movies lately? <laughs> oh, girl, yes. <laughs> I ask, having, you know, been following your, your Twitter. Jesus, fuck. I've... <sighs> it's so bad. I do not comprehend how people were saying, oh, it's better. Like, you know, they say, oh, it's not a good movie, but it's it's so much more watchable than the last one. No! (laughs) It's intolerable. (laughs) And I have 14 copies of it. Now, mind you, I didn't pay for any of them. Threatening me with a chance of bringing one home. (laughs) No! (laughs) There's laws against threatening people on the internet. (laughs) It's cyberbullying, and I won't allow it. Is Scott coming back? Um... Well, ideally. Hello? Did you learn your lesson? (laughs) Did you learn yours? (laughs) Or do we have to make you watch Transformers the last night? Uh, First of all, I know you guys don't hate me that much. Oh? Um, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. 
I don't think anybody can hate another human being that much. Mickey, do you have some thoughts on that? (laughs) Have you? Have you talked with us? (laughs) Have you spent time with any of us? A little bit. I have 14 copies of that movie here. I could do this for weeks. Were people throwing those at you as punishment? I mean, essentially, yes. (laughs) Like, in violence, you know? It's a form of violence. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Alright, so we're ready to get this get this back on track. Bidets. Yes. <laughs> I got jokes for bidets. Um, boop, boop. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not fun when you expect it. <laughs> so Apollo's sitting on his crappy little throne. He's like, oh, you should worship me. Ma, ha, ha, I'd be such a lark. So Wait, why is like, he freezing okay. now? <laughs> Vagina. Um. So he's like, so McCoy's quick to ask, well, okay, great. Well, what do we get out of worshiping you? And Apollo's like, well, you get to live here with me. Wouldn't that be rad? <laughs> I mean, you could like herd goats and uh, drink mead and wear togas. I mean, what's better than that, right? Kirk's like, you fucking moron. We have a spaceship and I get to have sex with green women and zero G. I, there's nothing you can do to tempt me here. And even Kirk even goes to things like, look, I've had a dollar for every creature with a bag of tricks. <laughs> he just like calls out Apollo to his face. <laughs> even even if Apollo isn't clearly a god, he's used some sort of entity using technology. It's still just kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should wait and talk about Apollo when he's not around. That's manners, right. or so I'm told. Well, it's like beating the crap out of a kid in a video game, you know, and, and, just, and then gloating about it. It's like, come on, just let him win. You know, he thinks he's good. Come on. And he goes, oh, I think you're like an Agamemnon. You're full of pride and arrogance, and they defied me. And Kirk literally rolls his eyes at him. <laughs> and 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 much to everyone's uh, uh, pleasure, I'm sure, this is the point where Scotty goes, oh, we got some wrath ourselves, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I got 16 gigawatts of phaser power trained down on your head. Gigawatts. It's pronounced gigawatts. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Yeah, even Kirk says, I got 430 people that could kick your ass. <laughs> I can beam them out one at a time to slap you and then teleport away. You know, this uh, episode does get to like a point where it just kind of plods along. At the same time, I really love the interaction between Kirk and Apollo. Yes, it is hilarious. I am a god, worship me. Kirk's like... No, you're not. I know you're not. You know you're not. Can we just move on? Yeah, yeah I, you've got some guy with the big head who thinks he's God, and he's arguing with Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Yes. Yes. Well done. That's why we keep you around. All right. So why Apollo, do we keep you around? That's uh, a good I question. Because I do like 75% of the fucking summaries. Well, That's right. Yeah, that is why we keep you around. Yeah, because yeah, these things are hard as hell to keep talking about because there's nothing And happening. his wife is awesome. Yes, That's that is true. a new yeah. reason. Well, we don't necessarily have to keep Scott around for that. Like, I don't think she would stop talking to us if we got rid of Scott. She would probably actually respect us a little bit more. <laughs> Which is really what you want, you know. <laughs> well, your wife's bad. awesome. Why wouldn't we want that? Yeah. So Apollo goes up to the only, you know, to, to the lieutenant, and he's like, hey... You're a female. I like females. 
But like you should you be wearing from... less clothes. Right. But for God's sakes, don't show your belly button because this is turn basically porn at this point. It is the 60s. <laughs> so we can weird. see your full back. We can have this cloth stretched over your tits to the point that the slightest breeze will expose you. But for God's sakes, do not show that belly button. Oh, it's and, basically... and, and you couldn't have side cleavage. That was a thing, too. Yeah, no side boob. Um, but that belly button, basically a smaller secondary vagina. That's basically how we see it. Um, so anyway, so Scott is like, the hell you will! He pulls out his phaser to zap him, and Apollo goes, shazam! <laughs> and zaps the phaser right out of his hand, which is now all broken and twisted on the ground. That's an interesting reaction to a lightning strike. Uh, Yeah, I think it's like Q and his little flashes of light. I think it's just how it manifests. And it occurs to me, like, well, that's a nice trick. How'd you do it? Oh, um, I'm weary, so I, I gotta go take a nap. <laughs> you take a lot of naps, for a god. Well, when you get older, your he stamina starts to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, naps are fucking awesome, and if I was a god, I'd take more of them. Naps are awesome, especially when you have no stamina. Ooh, damn. Well, some of us are getting older, so... Yeah, I mean, I have no stamina, and I like to take naps. I'm not really like some of us are getting older. We're all getting older. This is how time works. I'm not casting aspersions here. I'm I'm saying things that I think we can all equally relate to. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older. Yeah, Fort Max. (laughs) All right, so I like like Apollo's excuse to get her out of those those uh, way too uh, unflattering clothing of a mini skirt and get her something more revealing uh, is like, oh, the bow arm should be exposed because you know I'm Greek and stuff. Shazam! Yeah, so basically, <laughs> like they just rearrange where all the fabric is laying. So now her legs are entirely covered in part of her upper body. Yeah, but her total back is her complete back is exposed. Yeah, that's gotta be cold. Uh, well, probably not on a set with you know lights that point out 200 degrees. So if you've ever enjoyed watching a Scotsman get bitch slapped across a table, well, I got the episode for you. Not as fun as watching an Irish dude get bitch slapped across a table, but you know. (laughs) Hey, they don't have that one time in that restaurant, and I think you not bring that up again. I didn't know it was you. (laughs) All right, so anyway, um, you know, you pick a bar fight, I figured it's going to be the little wormiest guy there. I didn't know he could kick my ass. So... So Apollo just got a bitch slap Scott. He's like, oh, no, you don't. I'm an engineer. I was about to get laid. There's no way they're taking this away from me. And, you know, <laughs> that's how desperate Scotty is. He's willing to go fist fight a god. I mean, if it succeeded, think how impressed that lieutenant would be. That's true. That's true. And she may have just immediately had to quit Starfleet. Yeah. She wanted to start get... popping out little Scotties. Yeah. That's what I call them. <laughs> then you flush. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe hands on pants and repeat. All right, so she's like, Lieutenant, are you okay? She's like, no, I'll go. It's fine now. Um, Okay, and then they just walk to the edge of the set and disappear. Ah, uh, fuck. Well, how's he? Oh, he's stunned. He's coming around. I can't <laughs> feel my arm! No, that's later. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's when James Dewan started having a heart attack on set and they just kept it on, <laughs> on screen. <laughs> My left uh, arm is numb. I saw a tingly. What the fuck? <laughs> so he just gets thrown over a table by a guy, and Kirk has the nerve to ask, Hey, how do you feel? <laughs> Shut up, Kirk. <laughs> how do you think I feel, you dick? Oh, uh, we, we should have stopped him. Yeah, like how? How? 
she's doing her job, mister. Well, we've not so much. Got to, we've got to find out the source of his power. Well, and at this point, I think McCoy makes reference to, well, there's an extra organ in his chest, but I don't know if it has anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah. And how does he te- know that? Well, he had Just the tricord? Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, he had the medical tricord. He was scanning him this whole time. Uh, and then he, I like how Kirk, he admonishes uh, Scotty and saying, oh, and by the way, keep your little outburst to yourself. You're going to get yourself killed. Keep it in your oh, pants, okay. mister. Yeah. Look, we, we will replicate a woman for you or something. Just <laughs> chill. <laughs> chill. We'll go find we'll her Orion. We'll planet and buy you a hooker. <clears throat> yeah, we'll go we'll, wrong. Yeah, we'll go to right. <laughs> we'll, we'll program you one in the rec, in the recreation room. We'll, we'll go crazy. to Mud's planet and get one of his robot women. <laughs> Uh, just don't kill this one, okay? Just stop murdering hookers. We should do eye mud sometime. Okay, didn't they give you pink eye though? Oh, the episode eye mud. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Eye comma mud. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they again, Kirk gets to finish his thought, and it's like, oh, what if it really is Apollo in the sense that he just came down and scared a bunch of sheep herders, and they created all these legends about him? And McCoy just goes, "My God, that's brilliant." <laughs> Okay, McCoy, now you're just sucking up. <laughs> I know it, you know it. Especially uh, since, like, you guys had that idea, like, 15 minutes ago. Right, right. McCoy just knows he has nothing else to contribute to this mission at the current time. So, you know, gotta make sure he's not the next sacrifice to Apollo or something. Yeah. All right, so they start doing uh, some sort of thing for the ship trying to get out of here back up on the back on the enterprise they're still trying to wiggle their way free from the from the force field it's not working ohura strangely is sitting on the console there's got to be buttons in very uncomfortable places the way she's sitting on that console she's done some weird indentations on her on her on her thighs when she stands up those chairs probably give weird indentations on the thighs anyway mm. hard plastic edges and all yeah all right, so they're scanning the planet looking for the power source. Uh, so so Sulu's some... yeah, having some problems pinning down exactly where it is. So Spock had a really helpful suggestion. Pin down where, where it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and you, then use process of illumination for an entire planet. <laughs> you know, like how Sulu goes, <laughs> you're joking, right? Oh, you're not joking. Well, fuck. <laughs> oh, I know what my. I'm... Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting overtime. <laughs> And then Spock walks over to the camera with like a punch card and a timesheet. What the hell is he doing? Does he have to clock in at the end of the day? What like the hell is he doing? A slide rule or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, why does he have a slide rule? <laughs> Math. Uh, Don't they have a computer for that? No. No. Yeah. Not with the sassy computer they have. Are you kidding? <laughs> this isn't the D. No. There was episodes <laughs> of the original series with a less than helpful computer. Yeah. All right. So back on the planet, uh, we have we have uh, uh, the lieutenant and the and Apollo standing there, and the lieutenant's like, "Oh, that was a lovely establishing shot. Too bad it's nowhere near here." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Yes, you're so you're so beautiful. Um, I love how the spirit gum keeps that dress covering your tits. <laughs> And you notice there's not even a slight breeze here. I wonder why. Because it's in a it's in a studio. Yeah, I think that's probably no it. air conditioning. 
Yeah. Why do you think, like, half the time the guest people are, like, completely greasy? 60s. Well, yeah, but it's also, like, 600 degrees in the studios by the time they're done. Yeah, so There's we do learn... a thick layer of nicotine of everyone, too. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's gross. That's a, that's why he's so brown. He's not even like bronze or bronzer. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Because he's not, he's not, yeah, he's not tan. He's brown. Well, they coat him in that because it wicks the moisture away. It, you he know, otherwise his... they have to like dump a bag of flour on him and then he'd just be like, you know, white. <laughs> Nobody wants that. So we learned from this little interaction that the other gods also existed, but they disappeared into the wind. They said, we cannot stand this asshole anymore. We'd rather disassociate ourselves from the cosmos than deal with Apollo anymore. So they basically committed suicide. Basically. But now Apollo stuck around because he just had faith that humans would come and want to worship him again. He of the had heart. faith of the hearts. Motherfuckers, <laughs> I swear you two, two especially, top of my list now. Top of my list. Okay, yes, this just kind of drags on. Mm-hmm. This episode's so boring. Yeah, I mean the the whole plot can be can again like a lot of TOS episodes can be. I'm moving like, on to the point where Kirk's arguing with the god again. Not yet. They're still doing exposition. I can move forward though. Okay, I'm I'm jumping forward. Fuck it. What's the with the credits roll? I like that one. Yeah, well we're getting there. We got about another twenty minutes. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Which means about another 45 minutes of podcast. All right. So anyway, they're just sitting around the table with the fruit on it, just going, so uh, what are we going to do about this Apollo guy? Uh, so basically, he, he taps through this flow of energy through that organ in his body. So there's a power source somewhere. We just have to get rid of it. I wonder what it could be. There's no other structures on this planet, but the one we're sitting on, where could the power be? Why? Where could it be? It could be anywhere on this planet. Where could it be? Oh, Meanwhile, back up on the ship, apparently there's a nuclear Where physics lab. Where could it lab. be? Possibly on the thing he's always sitting on when he's tired. No, don't be silly, Fort Max. That makes too much sense. It couldn't be that obvious, could it? Okay, but they are making some progress up on the Enterprise. No, we're not there yet. We have to. Can we be? S- no, because this is the point where Scotty grabs a statuette and runs it <laughs> to the Apollo <laughs> to beat him to death with a statue. Okay, as you were. <laughs> you bloody, you bloodthirsty Sanderson! What have you done with her? <laughs> she was the only woman in the galaxy who wouldn't have sex with me. He like runs after he's gonna beat him to death with a with a statue. <laughs> At this point, he just knocks the crap out of him, sends him flying and the across statue the sound shatters stage. on the floor. Yeah, holy mm-hmm. shit! Which just means it was made out of peanut brittle and would have broke since he hit him once. Which also means they could only do that sequence once. Like they had to do that yeah. in one take. Kurt gets another, all right, mister. <laughs> you wanted worshippers, you get enemies. Where are you going, tough guy? <laughs> yes, but uh, all this all this exertion from being almost beaten with a statue has really exhausted Apollo again. Yeah, holding a starship in orbit, like with the power of, of the Enterprise, that's not really a big deal. Choking Kirk, that tuckered him right out. Well, you know, it's the straw that broke Apollo's back. I mean, just just imagine the power it would take to keep William Shatner from talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a cosmic level of power. I mean, that's not proof to... of divinity right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that's going to... Yeah, that's the only thing that stop Shatner is death. <laughs> An act of God? Yeah. 
or maybe like a pause in the middle of the sentence. It <laughs> <laughs> just lasts forever. That's how he's gonna die. It's like Martha, I, and then he's gonna die, and it'll be the longest pause of last. <laughs> Spock, you've, and that'll be it. Okay, so whatever, Cheshire Cat, whatever, he exerted energy, he disappeared. And even Kirk's like, shut up, Chekhov. I fucking get it. Uh, Chekhov's made useful scientific observations, but he's also doing the Chekhov thing. Right, right. So a little bit of both. A little column A, a little column B. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this is the part where where James Dewan starts having a heart attack on set. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my left arm! (laughs) Billy, I'm coming to you! It's the big one! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <sighs> All right, five thousand years. Herpa derpa. Okay, tired and in pain when he left. Okay, whatever. Now we get back up to the ship, and now we see our Hura just falls deep in the uh, in the Enterprise. I-, I can only imagine what the view is from out from underneath the console. Well, it depends, you know, is she wearing just, like, a smock over her top, or is it, like, a whole She's wearing thing? A, it's over her top, because I mean, you can see her, uh, the red sleeves. Yeah, no, but I mean, uh, is it, is it like, arms. a full coveralls thing, where there's I pants, hope, too? I hope so, or they're not getting a whole lot of work done on that bridge while she's under there. Well, by the same token, though, like, at this point, everybody's seen it already. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> just what through the normal implying, course sir? of a day, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Kirk has to roll around and goes, "Hurra, contact! Uh, could you do the thing?" And he like waves her hands as so she closes her legs. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you. Just a little distracting. Um, well, I do. I, I love the '60s circuit boards underneath the console. Those giant transistors and shit. That's so funny looking to me. Anyway. Okay, so now they've got like Ensign McGee up here with like some sort of like techie device next to Sulu to help him number crunch. Is that a calculator? Do they just have a calculator? They brought a stenographer up. <laughs> just use an Excel spreadsheet, Christ's sake. <laughs> and the whirring as the uh like the loud motor as that scope thingy rises yeah. up the controls. <laughs> That's yeah. how you know it's working. <laughs> All right. So, no, but, but uh, they are like, no, some... no. I I have wonder if that's the actual actual motor that they have in there for that thing, and it's just that loud. No, no, because it has a pull start and a and a and a primer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two stroke. Um, just the way he likes it. Yeah, crank the the deflector dish. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So I like this one. So now they're like making progress. Like, okay, I think we figured out a way we can like punch certain holes in the force field that we can shoot through. It's like, all right, good. They're actually like making progress and figuring the shit out. So like, Spock go here, take these equations down to one of the science lab. The, the like nuclear physics, physics lab. lab. Yes. Yeah, that's so awesome. So so basically, if they tie the phasers in like to the engines and superpower them, they can like get the right frequency and shoot through the force field or something like that. Basically, they can shoot through the hand is the important part. Shoot through the so hand because back... the face isn't listening anymore. <laughs> so back down to the planet, uh, Apollo reappears, reinvigorated after his nap. Uh, so the the four male crewmen are, are there just basically literally ignoring him. Because they just want to annoy him, I guess. They're trying to antagonize him into attacking them again. Oh, that's right, to tucker him out. Then they're going to physically tackle him. Basically, this is the first scene in Ghostbusters and run into a ghost where they're just like, get him. 
<laughs> That's their plan is get him. <laughs> so they're acting all defiant and everything. And, and it's starting uh, to work. He's getting pretty mm-hmm. angry. Yeah, he's getting pretty pissed. I'm, I'm just going to move forward because this fucking goes on for like 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, they're about to get him pissed off. He's about to start you know, shooting his powers, and, and one of them's about to get zapped, and then they're going to tackle him while he's weak. And then the lieutenant goes, no, it's fine. Stop. And Kurt's like, stop it. I'm trying to do a plan here. She's like, no, <laughs> I'll stop him with my kindness and my feminine wiles. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm okay with that. Well, that All makes right. it less so, appealing, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not rape if you like it, okay? So, yeah, so Kirk just starts making fun of him again. It's like, oh, yeah, let's start wearing, you know, leather skins and herding sheep. Is that what you want me to do? And Paul's like, yeah, just pull your ship down here and use the parts to make a civilization down here. It'd be great. Don't you want to herd sheep? And, and, then, I'll crush the re- and then I'll crush the skeleton of the uh, main structure of it when you're done bringing everything down. Right. Okay, so, like, I understand, okay, we're going to use the materials from inside the ship to build our civilization. Where are the sheep going to come from? Oh, we can create them, I'm sure. Then why does he need to have them bring the parts of the ship down to build their homes? He doesn't Wait, do th- so he, so he does need a spaceship. Ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't need it. He needs them to have it. Right. Which, yeah, no, that makes sense. He makes this big deal below. I can provide everything you need. And he goes, oh, but um, I, you just go ahead and bring some parts down from your ship. Too. There's like, I can't. Yeah, I don't have like duotronic computers. So if you could just bring those down. Uh, all right, whatever. Let's get used to hurting goats. Ha ha ha. So poor Apollo now is having this crisis of conscience. Like, I don't understand why no one wants to worship me and be goat herders anymore. People used to love that shit. <laughs> He's like an aging hipster who dances to disco music. People used to love disco. Why don't they like disco anymore? Because we moved past this. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. All right, smoochy, smoochy. I'll love you. I'll turn you into a goddess. And she goes, you're rich, right? He goes, yes, I'm very rich. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I give up on Starfleet, and after 20 minutes, I'm now yours. Seems realistic for the 60s. Because, you know, women are just basically animals that look like humans at this point. Uh, intro quote <laughs> <laughs> alright so, I hear him typing uh-huh. damn it. <laughs> it's like the sound of impending doom <laughs> type, type, type. alright so, listen to uh, the voice of doom <laughs> <laughs> doom 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 de doom <laughs> so attack <laughs> <laughs> so I needed the that. <laughs> the lieutenant reappears, shimmering from the edge of the soundstage. Uh, which Scott is like, "You're still a virgin, right? Because I only care if you're still a virgin." <laughs> or you will ride. It's like, yeah, I'm totally rad now. He's rich, so I'm good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay. Now they just kind of take the time, and they're just kind of walking around. What are you doing? Say something. <laughs> well, this is this is when Kirk starts being like, "Okay, look, you've got a job. You're an officer. Go to work." Yeah, and she's like, 
yeah, but I'm a woman and I have, I have a man who'll take care of me. So I kind of like give up on all that. And he like comes real close to slapping her. And that, and then hopefully she's actually loyal enough to us to do her job. Right. Like, which is like this. Seriously? Being a, yeah. being a woman, that's in question if she's loyal enough to remember her entire life before the 20 minutes she met this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's literally it. That, that's not a joke. Stop laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Uh. Man, I, I, I can feel Vessie getting uncomfortable as we're watching this. I mean, she's kind of like, like shifting around uncomfortably in her chair. She's just... Oh, you should show the episode that Plasky's in in the original series. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so they have this big back and forth about, okay, yeah, we got to work together and stuff. And, and he's like, you've got to save us all. And she's like, He's calling me. I think it's a whistle. I have to come to him now. For God's sakes. It's and... bacon! Yeah. <laughs> it's money! <laughs> oh yeah, he's bringing home the bacon. Mmm, bacon. Yeah. Alright. Um. So she walks to the edge of the sound station, disappears again, and Kirsch is like, well, we're fucked. Our entire fate rests on the on the mental strength of a woman. We're doomed. Wow. I know. <laughs> I agree. So, but back on the bridge, Uhura being fucking awesome, she goes, she actually fixed the communication. Her communication skills are more powerful than a god's. So she just calls down to Kurt and goes, oh, hey, hey, Kurt. Kurt's like, oh, thank God. So what time you get communications up? Yeah, I know. It takes a little while. Okay, good. All right. Well, what we're going to do? Okay, we're going to do this. Uh, we found where the power emanates. which was probably from the one thing on this planet. Is there a structure near you? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Get ready to put full phasers on it, on my signal. Okay, you need to kind of get away from that because you're awful close to it. No, you're just going to do this, so be sure your aim is accurate. Yeah. Uh, Captain, you know these are ship-to-ship weapons, right? These aren't. This isn't like a scalpel. This is this is a weapon made to blow up other ships. But you can see the visible erection that uh, the Scotty has. I thought of blowing up something with the phasers. <laughs> I think this is the, probably the point to realize this. You know what? I don't need women. <laughs> Just a fully charged phaser bank. Uh, of course, at the same time, him being Scottish could have been like, you know what? I could have had herds of sheep too. <laughs> And at that point, he started thinking, you know, Apollo's plant isn't such a bad one. Right. I do like sheep. <laughs> all right. So, okay, here's the thing. So the very next scene after all that <laughs> is, again, where it's that weird 60s things of Apollo is holding and, and manhandling the lieutenant by her upper arms, holding her like like a grip. Yeah. What is with that? What woman likes to be kissed that way, where you, like, hold her by the arms and, like, you're holding her still and you're, like, you know. That's to make sure she can't escape. It's the weirdest thing. Don't you know how to interact with women, Scott? No, I don't. That's why I'm married. I don't have to anymore. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So now she starts messing with him. Like, oh, it's really remarkable how you act like a person. I know you're not a person, but, you know, and then she starts going like, you know, it's like it's all scientific on him and everything. It's like, you're using words I don't know. What? What are you? Oh, you're a smart chick? Ew. <laughs> I thought you were cool. You're just a nerd. 
Okay, and they have a little back and forth, whatever. And now she actually starts like, oh, yeah, they, it's going to take more than sheep to impress me. And the look on his face is like, aw. What is there besides sheep? Yeah, I mean, goats. I could do goats. They're horny, right? Yeah. Uh, That's all right. I said, I could do goats. <laughs> what? Why is everyone laughing? You know? <laughs> Even if they're like, kids? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, no, that's illegal. I can't do that. <laughs> all right. So at this point, he's she's pissed him off enough and insulted him, and he gets all butt hurt about it. And he pulls up. He starts going on this storm-like rage where he creates this little localized storm within the fifteen feet around them. <laughs> she, the poor thing. She immediately starts grabbing her clothing so it doesn't get blown off. Of her. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. So she's like, "Oh no, my clothes." And I got like I say, dude's in good shape. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty. They grew him healthy in the sixties. So yeah, her. Well, he's not he, like he, you know modern day porno hot, but yeah, for the sixties. Well, he's just as hairless. Look at him. Yeah, but I mean, you know, compared to say, Kirk's shirtless body, he's clearly a step above. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, of course. So. Now, that's the part where Kurt gets to grab Scotty like a woman. He grabs her, grabs him like a woman, grabs him by the air of her arms, goes, Scotty, snap out of it. So she pulls up all the miles of cloth of her dress and starts covering herself so she doesn't get blown away. And he's so, so mad, he superimposes himself over the sky and looks stern. I don't know what's going on here. But now they can hear her screaming, and I don't know what's going on. They were on. only like 20 feet away the entire time. Yeah, so Kirk suddenly goes, oh, yeah, that's right. We have a plan. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, guys, could you go ahead and shoot his power source? Yeah, take take about two and a half minutes of shitty special effects. We'll just hide behind some styrofoam rocks. And then that's what they do. <laughs> For the next 15 minutes. It's just the temple slowly starting to glow more and more. Now, Apollo does try to shoot some lightning at the Enterprise, but it's not really effective. <laughs> yeah, their shields hold. I love that. <laughs> the Enterprise like... is a ground type. <laughs> <laughs> I get that joke. So, yeah, they, they keep zapping it. And then she comes wandering out looking like she just had the time of her life. She's like she got fucked almost to death so scotty runs over and goes oh you gotta use goods but i'll 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 be okay with it here lay down <laughs> this rock so they finally start zapping it the hand goes away and and apollo starts freaking out it's like stop stop and they eventually liquefy the temple to which paul's like god damn it me damn they it. were right of course they were right and he starts going this thing. He's like, I just, I just wanted to own you. Is that so wrong? I just wanted to give you goats. <laughs> and Chekhov's like, I could have had goats. They all look a little sad. So yeah, you asked for something we can no longer give you. We're grown up. We don't need gods anymore. We're we're fine. I think we skipped over some shit, but whatever. No, like that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. No, yeah. no, no. I think we need to go back about fifteen minutes and start again. <laughs> Um, yeah, Scott, you, oh, did this you, episode com- you did this episode completely wrong. We have to do the whole thing over. Right. right. <laughs> a mulligan. I need a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
poor Apollo, I guess he's like a sympathetic figure. He just was doing God stuff, and we don't only need God stuff. So he he embiggenates himself only to fade away, and he starts calling out the names of everybody else, which is just weird. It's like, who are you trying to impress? He doesn't know anymore. Yeah. Athena, Aphrodite, Jim Bob, you were right. The time has passed. The time has come. All right. Oh, my God. Who cares? And then they go to this thing. It's like, yeah, they came down, and thanks to his influence, they started civilization, and that was awesome and all, but I guess we don't need him anymore. Would it have been so bad just to gather a few laurel leaves? Yes. And McCoy looks and goes, and yeah, McCoy looks and goes, yes, yes, I would have, you fucking moron. Didn't we just learn this? <laughs> Wait, now you're having second dots after you destroy his power source? Make him commit suicide? Yeah, right. Oh, now you're having you know, a crisis of conscience. Fuck you. And that was the episode. Hooray. It's over. Hooray. <laughs> Basically. That episode was fucking terrible. Who moans? Who mourns for Adonis? I don't know, but I'm mourning for the time I just lost. <laughs> that just means it's a Monday night, Scott. Also, uh, we didn't get any closure where that Scotty got laid. So as far as I'm, this is a failed episode. Completely failed? Yeah. Completely failed episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not everybody at once starts singing the praises of this amazing original series episode. It's a goofy concept, and it's good if you just kind of you know compress it down a little bit. Yeah, it's like good said, if you just read the blurb on Netflix and look at a picture of Adonis, then move on to another episode. Yeah, if you compress uh, it down a little bit. This this would have worked much better as an animated series episode. Yes, it would. Have. Yes, it would. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That would have been much Speaking better. Animated series. Uh, apparently, Discovery referenced it. Oh. Uh oh oh. Spock's mom reading Alice in Wonderland. Yes! That was established in uh, <clears throat> Ant-Man series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the go. After watching Discovery, um, is... Okay, so let me get this straight. Let me, let, me, let me summarize this. So we have a black chick who's not Vulcan, raised on Vulcan, who's actually the half-not-sister of Spock. Half-not-sister. Yeah. Right. You heard him. Yes. Uh, right, well, right. Actually, I, I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. Foster-sister. Uh, Half not yeah. sister, yeah. Who who commits um, mutiny on a Starfleet vessel? Uh, kills a Klingon single handedly, or several Klingons single handedly. Uh, as, whatever uh, is is now part of a secret plan by Starfleet to use magical mushroom spores to teleport around the galaxy to defeat the Klingons. That that's that's the plot of Discovery. It sounds awesome. As we understand the plot of Discovery right now. Okay, just wanted to make that Let's clear in my head. Let's discuss the plot of Encounter at Farpoint. Okay. Well, they go to a, they go to a place, and they're you know the the base is actually these giant cosmic aliens uh, that they didn't expect to be there. Okay, there's giant space jellyfish buried beneath the Earth that grant magical wishes, yeah. and God puts the <clears throat> captain of the Enterprise on trial. Yeah. That's not that much more silly. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I'm watching it. That's all that matters. It's just, I was trying, I was thinking about that last night when I was watching Discovery. I was thinking, I was like, how do I summarize this? And I started thinking about it just in the most basic terms. I was like, this sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> 
Welcome to Star Trek! I wonder if the yeah. resolution of Discovery is going to be that it turned out they weren't actually traveling anywhere at all. It was just the mushrooms making them hallucinate. <laughs> they were just tripping balls. <laughs> Not tripping across the universe, they were just tripping balls. Yeah. It was just an episode of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Star no, Trek that's not true, I actually want to watch Discovery. <laughs> oh, sick burn. You know, right. I'm really about Discovery though is like if like the very end they decide it's been a complete disaster, they can just like say, "Oh, this is part of the Kelvin verse. It wasn't Prime after all." They'd piss off so many people. I don't. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd piss me off. I don't know. No, they they will just establish somehow that it's a third timeline. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> it's actually just a Rick and Morty episode. They're going to establish this is actually the Mirror Universe, even though that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> or they're they're going to establish it as an alternate uh, uh, timeline uh, where uh, the Enterprise-C is still around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd actually kind of be okay with that. <laughs> All right, all right. Did you spit take there? I did. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are we doing next week? Uh, Are we taking it off or are we working it? Why would we be taking it off? It's a holiday of some sort, I think. Is it? Take it off. Uh, October 9th? Columbus Day. What? Columbus Day. Oh, for Columbus Day, we can go to somebody else's podcast and then take it over and say it's ours. No? We did that with RFC ones. <laughs> we had full virtual Ben. We really should have murdered everyone from the original RFC, though. Really <laughs> Columbus-y. Exactly. <laughs> Although I feel like we should choose something thematically appropriate. <sighs> um, hmm. We've already done the episode of the original series with the Indians, so that's unfortunate. Oh yeah, that would have been went, went well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what about the one where Wesley joins the Indians? Journey's End. Yeah. Jesus Christ! How do you know the name of the episode? Because I watched it like six weeks ago. Oh, is it okay. watchable? I mean, is it coverable? Um. <laughs> or is it just dull, even seven bullshit? Kinda. Uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, there's there are. Th- things about it I find interesting. I don't know how conversational they would end up being. This seems like something Voyager would have covered at one point of the showing up and fucking on people's shit. Oh, oh, well, oh I guess they No, Voyager. They probably did an episode that's <clears throat> appropriate. So I, I am looking at the Memory Alpha page for Journey's End, and yes, it would be very appropriate for Columbus Day. <laughs> It would. I just don't know how much we could actually like ring a discussion. Would be fun to talk about. Sure, sure. Yeah, that that I don't know. I I have no idea. What about Chakotay? What about him? (laughs) I mean, why would you possibly bring that boy? You realize we tried to find a Chakotay focused episode to do (laughs) some time back, and we kind of failed. Yeah. Because like we discovered that even. Open uh, open the door, get on the floor. Chakotay befriends a dinosaur. <laughs> was not discussable enough. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. That's one of my favorite things. Oh man! Um, the the only Voyager episode I can think of uh, that would sort of suit the theme might be this one. 
where it turns out Chakotay's people were influenced by aliens, and that's where like, oh. their designs and tattoos came from. God, yeah. that sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> what about uh, something about the Cardassians uh, taking over Bajor and enslaving and ruining the people there? So pulling a Columbus. Yeah. Okay, was there actually an episode that was just that? Or that dealt with it, perhaps. Um, okay, such as? I don't know. Um, well, yeah, if we don't find anything, I'm thinking Tattoo might actually be... Uh, now, I have not watched this now. episode in probably since it was on originally. Which... It, the doctor sneezes after infecting himself with a hollow virus. <laughs> Okay, that's not fair though, because like you're making it sound more interesting than it probably is. And really, that's just Robert Ricardo just being amazing. I mean, yeah. his, his 29 hour flu has lasted 30 hours, causing him to panic. Come on! <laughs> My people called you the Sky Spirits. Come on! <laughs> that was terrible. I think this also has flashbacks to Chakotay and his father. Oh, that's so awful. <laughs> <laughs> this episode sounds terrible. Yeah, we love daddy issues, don't we? <laughs> okay, do we really want to take a risk on a Voyager episode probably none of us have watched in 20 years? Sure. You know what podcast this is, right? <laughs> okay, but think about what we just did. Well, as long Do you as want to risk having on. that happen again next week? Sure. Well, no. Well, no, because I'm not driving next week, by God. Somebody else is. I'll let somebody else take that bullet. I I think you've just volunteered. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree with Fort Max. Son of a bitch. Uh, I don't care. I mean, we can look. If I can make it through a TOS episode that's this boring, that's actually ten minutes of story at, through an hour, I can handle. I can handle Voyager. Okay, I guess it's decided then. Woo! I just know that we can't end this call until we figure out the next episode, so yeah. And I need to get to bed, so Yeah, you do. Uh-huh. Well, that didn't sound creepy at all. Get your little you tissue. Better to bed. Get to sleep. Yeah, you better no sleep more reading. No glass of water. Aw. <laughs> Not one more level. But you need a glass of water. What if you wake up choking? Well you're... You better not wake up, you're supposed to be asleep. <laughs> yes. Don't you I'll be wake a great up. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, can, you can guarantee they don't wake up. Those are the best parents. Yeah, if your if your if your child isn't like uh, crawling into the corner, like covering their head when you get home, you fail as a parent. <laughs> They're not cowering in fear when you return home. Okay, there we go. So, uh, 0209, uh, Voyager tattoo for Columbus Day. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to honor the Native Americans. And only <laughs> the way four white people can. <laughs> uh, wait, you're white? <sighs> well, I like to consider myself. He's not white, he's Irish. Yeah, that's true. Filthy, filthy Irish. Damn potatoes. Yeah. You know, I'm like a one thirty second Cherokee, so you know that I'm totally qualified. I'm one eighth or one sixteenth Polish. <laughs> what the hell? What? Why are you 
What? Um. Uh, I, my computer I, just started yelling at me for some reason. I'm sure you deserved it. <laughs> I, I think Twitter decided it was going to autoplay a video. Good, good. <laughs> that, that's perfect. <laughs> at least it wasn't, oh yes, slap my hairy ass. With Twitter, you can never be sure. Yeah, that's true. That's why you keep a separate account for liking porn. <laughs> You know, I hear people do that and like even like separate Reddit accounts and everything and they just like yeah, sub to a bunch of porn subreddits. I'm like there's something genius about that, but I can't bring myself to do it. And I don't know why. I don't know what the hold up is. It's like a great idea. I just it, I, I guess cuz I don't want to remember two different logins. Or it's just if like you somehow save logins. I or, know, right? Or somehow there's just like this little part of your brain that doesn't want to acknowledge that you need that enough to make a whole separate account just to keep all that stuff. I only have a little part of your brain that wants to be caught. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Scandalous. <laughs> yeah. Scott, I urge you, think of propriety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would the papers say? <laughs> that's scott kelly sacramento yeah. california he worked for local, the government lo local man very boring <laughs> local sacramento man yeah local local yeah local sacramento man married middle-aged and boring news at 11 hey don't describe your wife that way Ooh, she's not a man how much you bet the bot cop does not watch porn well, no, I think he's probably tried to watch porn, but he can't find anything well, to just, like, anger him and frustrate him. Well, wait yeah. a minute now. I think I think what he watches, he considers porn, but is not porn to us or any other Videos of squirrels. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Squirrel, squirrel documentaries. <laughs> yeah, chasing around, you know, like, doing mating rituals and stuff, flipping their tails up. He sees a, a squirrel flip the tail around. <laughs> <laughs> so every time we tweet him a picture of a squirrel, we're really actually sending him porn. Yes. I'm glad you understand that finally. <laughs> no wonder he's so distressed about not finding any squirrels near his home now. Yeah, didn't he have a problem with like, some creature like staring at him from the window or something? Let's find out! Is it like a duck or something that would come to his window and stare at him? I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> like, a, a no, it's a lizard! It's a lizard! Yeah, it was a lizard! That's what it was! Yeah, it was a the lizard. lizard is back! It's looking <laughs> at me! <laughs> he's all like angry face about it which is even for not scared he's angry the fact that there's a lizard staring at him also from a day ago that's a different hummingbird than usual <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is with this guy just frantically jumped and out of the, the way of a dust of this cat just frantically jumped out of the way of a dust ball because I thought it was a spider attacking my feet <sighs> cat just tried to jump on the windowsill tripped on the sock box why does he? What? Is, what's the point of a sock box? Uh, he ordered some socks recently. Okay, tripped up the sock box socks. toward the window screen. It fell into his lap. Good kitty. So one thing in my conversation with him because he was looking for a job. Apparently, he's in like the Bay Area or something, and he's looking for a job. I'm like, well, you know, there's all these state jobs, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, "Well, I'm a janitor." I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! That, apparently, that's what he is. He's a janitor. And that's like his only skill set is he, he cleans up. So now, my I I don't know how creepy he actually is now. Now I'm all creeped out by him. 
I think he's also worked in fast food. But who is that? How old is he? I get the sense that he's he's older than. I mean, I don't even know. He's a mystery. He is an absolute mystery. I smell blood, and it's not coming from me. Who is in here <laughs> bleeding with me? I have that problem. <laughs> uh, I hope it's not Chris's blood. <laughs> As you all yeah, know, he... tomorrow is sock day. I'd like to thank everyone for their support during this whole ordeal and wish you the best of socks. <laughs> She's like a um, living, breathing Joan and Vasquez character. Oh no, I ate too many peanuts at once. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, because there's one thing for like people who are, yeah, like that, that whole Invader Zim randomness kind of thing. But he's like a living embodiment of it. I don't know how he must be that way, actually, because no one could put that much effort into it and be that consistent. This is actually just him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him. Applies chapstick, sneezes, irate face. Ice face. <laughs> That no, oh, that's angry hide. Holy crap! I just found a half a bag of fresh unworn socks in my luggage. This is the best thing that's happened to me all month. <laughs> and I believe him. <laughs> God damn it! What's that? Butterfinger poisoned? <laughs> like, How I, dare I, a UPS I, truck pull up and not bring me socks? I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I moved the microwave out to the garage so I could heat a bowl of rice without waking everybody up. Oh, for God's sake. Everybody, so it means he has roommates. He lives with people. No, he lives with his he, father. He's microwaving rice. <laughs> yeah. I will make a sandwich. What kind of sandwich will I make? Like, subscribe, and comment to find out. Then, as it turns out, we're out of bread. There will be no sandwich at all. Talk of the sandwich is now forbidden. It's just him. It's amazing. <sighs> it's honestly impressive. I, mean, it's I honestly... hope my new socks arrive soon. My current ones have worn down to spats. <laughs> <sighs> they say never meet your heroes, but I kind of want to meet Bot Cobb. <laughs> you know, he'll be like completely boring in person. Yeah, I That's think all so too. I think of too. The, Ever since can't... I made that comment about those unaging pool children, I haven't heard them in there. I think they're on to me. <laughs> what? I had a dream the cows were revolting, so we were all climbing into bunk beds with shotguns. I had the stupidest <laughs> dreams. <sighs> this week on Superhero Time, the Bok Cobb update. <laughs> we don't have any answers, just more questions. And Buzz thinks he's special because a show reads his tweets. Yeah, really. That's at Lord Taco on Twitter and Snapchat. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Stop encouraging him. He does not need that. Nor he fussed at me because I said it was Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Wait, like, fussed you, like, after the show? No, he DM'd me. Well, what's his Instagram ID, then? Uh, Rust the Bus or something like that. Oh, that's I stupid. I could look, but I'm not. It should be like Bust the Rust, really. I just told him it was very off-brand and he should be ashamed. Uh, yeah, he, he does need to improve his personal brand. Well, it's you See, know, Lord Taco, at Lord Taco on Twitter and Snapchat. Yeah, I can't use the term personal brand because all I can think of is, is like farts. 
you know, when you fart, it's like, oh, I'm sharing my personal brand. <laughs> that must be a California thing. Uh, no, it's just a it's a middle aged man thing, I think. Uh, then you're a little more middle aged than I am because I don't get it either. Well, I think oh. we knew that already. Would you like to experience my personal brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see. Oh well, whatever. I made it myself. Shut up. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm tired of you people. And yeah, no uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you already hung up on me. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> Good. <laughs>